This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. We're going to continue Romans chapter 2. But I'm just asking for your patience because as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, that I am in a makeshift studio still. Uh, Hopefully this coming week uh, in my new move down to Dawsonville, Georgia, going to get the new uh, podcast studio uh, uh, finished and be able to get set up and start recording from there. Although I am going to be taking a vacation, a much needed vacation to the beach in Myrtle Beach uh, next week. So maybe I'll make a video or two from the beach, but I'm going to try to record ahead of time so I can take a much-needed vacation. Hadn't had one in two years, so I look forward to being on the beach with my family and taking a a very, very much-needed break. Um, But let's get into Romans chapter 2. We'll finish this chapter today in this podcast, and we'll start uh, Romans 3 in the next. But in chapter 2, Paul just absolutely, he just throws... A right hook and he connects in the in, in the very first verse of Romans chapter 2 when he says you may think that you can condemn such people but you are just as bad and you have no excuse and what he's referring to is everything that he said in Romans chapter 1 about how people have no excuse for not knowing God nor serving God and how they have made up their own gods, little g, and they are living their life according to their own pleasures, which goes against the very nature of God and the way God created them to be or created us as humans to be. He created us to desire Him, to want Him, to pursue Him. But instead, we fill that void with other things in our lives. And we do what we choose to do for ourselves instead of following after God. And so Paul mentions a list of sins that people of the world do when they choose not to follow God. But then he turns to Christians, the Christians in particular who are in Rome. That's who he's writing this letter to. But we can, we can take what he is saying to these Christians And in chapter 2 and chapter 3, he's talking to the Jewish Christians and to the Jewish people. And we can take the lessons that he is uh, imploring to them and, 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 and apply those lessons to our lives in 2023. No matter where we are in the world, no matter what culture we are, no matter what nationality we are, the lessons that Paul gives to the church in Rome is just as applicable today as it was 2,000 years ago. Uh, And he tells the the Christians in Rome that they are just as guilty if they continue living in sin. They're just as guilty. Because we like to take Romans 1 and just bash uh, these people who live the alternative lifestyle with all those letters, uh, the the LGTBQRSTUV, all those letters... And, and, and we take Romans 1 and we just beat them over the head with it. But Paul says in chapter 2, and it's funny, I, I'm 50 years old and I've, and I've heard a lot of Romans chapter 1 and how it's used against these people who live this kind of lifestyle. And they never mention that other list of sins that Paul 
uh, gives there in Romans chapter 1. And I have never heard anybody talk about the flip side of the coin here in Romans chapter 2 when Paul says, and you're just as guilty. So you're, you're not to judge those kind of people. He says, and basically what Paul is saying in, in Romans 1 and 2 is you better look at your own life and make sure that your own life is lining up with God and His standard and that you have a relationship with God for yourselves. And he tells them, he says, we, you, you can't just be, and this is just an, an, over, uh, a, an overview of what Paul is saying here in Romans 1 and 2. He's saying in a nutshell, he tells them that we just can't be hearers of the law. We, we can't just be hearers of God's word and know what God uh, says, but we actually have to live it. We have to, to do it on a daily basis. Uh, which you know is a big thing throughout uh, the book of James. Um, so we've covered the beginning of Romans two in the last podcast. And if you hadn't had a chance to listen to that, I, I suggest you go back and do so, and then come back and listen to this one. Um, but I want to pick up where we left off, and that's in verse seventeen when Paul says, "You who call yourselves Jews are relying on God's law, and you boast about your special relationship with Him. You know what He wants." You know what is right because he has, he, he, you have been taught his law. You are convinced that you are a guide for the blind and a light for the people who are lost in darkness. You think you can instruct the ignorant and teach children the ways of God. For you are certain that God's law gives you complete knowledge and truth. So listen to the words here that Paul uses to describe these Jews. They rely on God's law. That's positive. That's a good thing. They boast about a special relationship with God. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. But they were God's chosen people of the Old Testament. So they had a special relationship with God. They know what God wants. That is a great thing if you know what God wants and desires from you. How do we know that? It's in His Word. We've we got to be students of the Word. So they know what God wants. They are convinced they are a God and light for people. That's a great thing. They know what God wants and they should be we should be light. We should be leading people to God's throne to the, to, to to Jesus. Um he says to the Jews, he says they believe they can instruct and teach people the ways of God. That's a great thing. To teach people the ways of God. They are certain God's laws give them complete knowledge and truth, meaning they don't lack anything. That, all that stuff is, is, is positive. It's, it's, it's good to know God's word. It's, it's good to know what God wants and desires. And it's good to be leading people to God. But Paul is not using this in a positive way. He, he's, a, he's about to backhand them, if you will, spiritually. Because if you remember Paul's background, Paul's background is that Paul is a Jew himself. But not only is he a Jew, he was, before meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus, he was a Pharisee and he was trained in the law. He knew the law like the back of his hand. He knew it well. In fact, Paul gives us a resume, if you will, in Philippians 3 verses 5 through 6 when he says, I was circumcised, and this is what he's talking to the Jews about here in chapter 2. He says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. 
I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I can see, I can literally see Paul writing this letter with a smirky grin on his face as if to say, you know what, you, you think you're so awesome as a Jew? Well then, and that's how he's going to continue this uh, letter of Romans chapter 2 because he says, you, you think you're an awesome Jew. You think you know God's ways. You think you're a light into those who are, are lost. You think that you, you can teach people and lead them to God. Well, let me tell you about me. I was a Jew. I was a Pharisee. I know the law. I followed it to a T without fault. So let me tell you one thing or another. And he says in verse 21, he says, Well then, if you teach others, why don't you teach yourself? You tell others not to steal, but do you steal? You say it is wrong to commit adultery, but do you commit adultery? You condemn idolatry, but do you use items stolen from pagan temples? You are so proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it. No wonder the scriptures say the Gentiles blaspheme the name of God because of you. And what Paul's doing here is he is blaming these Jews who claim to follow God and his commandments proudly. He, he's blaming these Jews for the Gentiles blaspheming God and not turning to God. He's saying, you're the problem. You're the reason because you, you say you're a light. You say you know God's will. You say you're chasing after God and you're teaching others about God. But he says, you're causing the Gentiles to blaspheme God because of the way you're living. In other words, you're not practicing what you preach. You're not practicing what you preach. And so, uh, he, he, in other words, Paul is saying to, the, to these, these Jews, he says, people should be turning to God because of the example you're living, but instead they're turning away from God. What's up with that? That's what he's saying. What's, up? What, what's going on here? And the problem is these Jews, they're very prideful and they cannot see their own sin. And what they want to do is just point out everybody else's sin and think they're good with God because of what they are doing. But the reality of it all is that they are sinners too and they need to repent of their sin. And not only do they need to repent, which means to turn away from their sin, that's what they have to do. They, they have to quit sinning. Paul's saying... You're condemning all of these people, and, that, and, and he lists people specifically in Romans chapter 1. He says, you're condemning people like this. He says, but you are, you are just as guilty as they are because you are continually living in sin. And you've got to repent of your sin. You've got to quit sinning. It's okay to know the law. It's great to know the law. It's great to know God's will. It's great to know what God wants of you and wants you to do, but you've got to do it. You can't just talk about it. You gotta, you gotta walk the walk and talk the talk. That's basically what Paul's saying here to these Jewish Christians in Rome in, in Romans chapter two. He says the Jewish ceremony of circumcision has no value or has value only if you obey God's law. But if you don't obey God's law, you are better off, you are no better off than a than an uncircumcised Gentile. And think about this, even if they do keep the law, 
there is a major issue here because if you break one law, the Bible says you've broken all the law. James chapter 2, verse 10, For whoever keeps the whole law yet stumbles in one point has become guilty of all. And guess what? There's only one person who has kept the whole law and kept it perfectly. And that's Jesus himself. And if you, if you ain't Jesus, you're a sinner. You have failed. You, if you, you can try to keep the law the, as best as you can as a Jew or as a Gentile. And guess what? If you break one law, which you will, then you are guilty of the whole law. No matter how, no matter how well we know the law, if we were Jews, and we could quote it. You know, they wore the big phylacteries the Pharisees did to show how much scripture they knew. It, it, it wouldn't matter if they could quote every law from the Old Testament. If they don't live it, and Jesus pointed that out as we covered when we studied uh, Luke or in John, Luke, and Matthew, and we'll get to Mark on down the road, but Jesus pointed out that these Pharisees who thought they were perfect and, and was above everybody else, Jesus brought them down off their high horse because he says, hey, look, you need a Savior because you are guilty of sin as well. And Paul is saying here, just, just because you've made a covenant with, with, with Abraham, made that covenant with God in Exodus chapter 12, and, and you were born a Jew and you've been circumcised you know, in, in a private part of your body, it does not make you right with God. Just because you know the law like the back of your hand, it does not make you right with God. He, he, he's already said it, it's a change of heart. And that, that change of heart can only come from the Holy Spirit of God. He says that circumcision of the flesh will not get you into heaven. It will not, even though it was a, a covenant that God made with Abraham, that, that covenant, it, it, it's, no longer, um, it's no longer in effect anymore because the covenant now is a new covenant made through the blood of Jesus Christ and the body of Jesus Christ. And you have to accept Christ and you have to live for Jesus. And so he says in verse 25, he says, The Jewish ceremony of circumcision has value only if you obey God's law. But if you don't obey God's law, you are no better off than an uncircumcised Gentile. And if the Gentiles obey God's law, won't God declare them to be his own people? You know, because the Jews had a major problem with the Gentiles. And even when the church began in Acts uh, chapter 10, when the uh, Peter goes to Cornelius' house and he preaches to, uh, he starts telling these Gentiles at Cornelius' house about Jesus and the Holy Spirit falls upon them. And Peter and his friends are there and they, they go back and report what's happened. And they say, okay, well, God is obviously allowing the Gentiles to be a part of his body now, the, the body of Christ. But for the longest time, I believe it's at the end of chapter 10, maybe at the end of chapter 11, it says that when they were scattered abroad because of persecution, they went about preaching uh, about Jesus, but they preached to the Jews only. And, and this would be a constant problem uh, throughout the early church. The Jews would have a very hard time you know, allowing these Gentiles in, uh, in with their uh, fellowship, if you, if, if, if you will. Um, Paul goes on to say, he says, if, if the Gentiles obey God's law, won't God declare them to be his own people? Yes, they, yes, he would. In fact, uncircumcised Gentiles who keep God's law will condemn you, Jews, who are circumcised and possess God's law, but don't obey it. In other words, 
A Jew who is out here who has never been circumcised, but they've accepted Christ and they're living for Christ. They've been, in, they've been grafted into the body of Christ. They're uncircumcised, but they have Christ. They're washing the blood of Jesus and they're filled with his Holy Spirit. They're better off than you circumcised Gentiles who have the law but don't obey it, who don't live by it. For you are not a true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents or because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. It's not going to do you any good just because you had some flesh cut on your private parts. Verse 29, no, a true Jew, and here's what Paul says to these, these Jewish people who continue to live in sin. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it's a change of heart produced by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God and not people. So Paul is saying here, he's saying, just because you've had some skin cut off your junk and you attend synagogue and you keep some religious holidays that, you know, that goes back way back into the Old Testament that has become tradition, and you claim to be a Jew because you were born a Jew who follows God's law, this doesn't, all this stuff, it doesn't make you right with God. Now, if you will, let me put it in terms for our day and time. I'll bring bring us up to the uh, 2023, and I'll say it like this. Just because you've confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just because you got wet in some water and you claim to follow Jesus, that does not mean that you are in good standing with God. There has to be a change in your heart, and this change can only come from the Holy Spirit of God. There has to be a change. If you confess Christ as your Lord and Savior and you get baptized for the remission of your sins and there's not a change in the way you live, there's not a which starts in the heart and Jesus changes us from the inside out and, and, and as our heart is being changed, as we are being um, sanctified, there, there, there becomes a change of lifestyle. Our attitude changes, our thoughts change, we're in the Word of God and we're renewing our minds and we're learning how God wants us to live a righteous life and a life that's pleasing to Him, and there's a change. But if that change doesn't take place, well, then we might want to consider uh, um, what's going on. Was there really, a, 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 did salvation really take place? Or am I really filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Uh, Paul says that. A person with a changed heart seeks praise from God and not people. So if, if we still care what other people think about us over what God thinks about us, then you know, we might want to check our hearts. If you're still seeking praise from people and not God, you may want to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Pleasing people, uh, pleasing pe pleasing people will mean Sin will be in your life because to please people, you have to run with the crowds. You have to do what's trendy um, because this world, it hates God and anything to do with Him. So if we want to be pleasing to God, we have an audience of one, as they say, not an audience of hundreds or thousands, not our, our school uh, classmates, not our co-workers. If we're trying to please them instead of pleasing God, then we have to, to have a heart check. 
and say, am I living for God? Am I being led by the Holy Spirit? Am I trying to please Him? Or am I trying to please people? Because Paul says if we're trying to please people, then that's not from the Holy Spirit. We should be trying to please God, who is the one who really matters. Um, the bottom line is, if, if, if we are following God, guess what? We're not going to be popular. We're going to be hated. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 22. He says, you will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. That's not a maybe. That's a promise. Jesus says, you will be hated. And we see this in the early church with the, the, the disciples, the apostles, the twelve. They were hated. They were persecuted. They were beheaded. They were beaten. Paul was chased from city to city as he went preaching the good news about Jesus Christ and the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection. People hated him for it and tried to kill him and eventually would kill him. But I want to end the podcast today with this thought. The church today, the church today has done all it can to be more trendy and inviting insomuch that the American church today, it, it we don't look anything like the New Testament church. You know, I'm not saying it's all bad, but we've, we've turned it into smoke screens and, you know, and, and concerts and, and trendy TED Talks instead of, uh, of sermons that talk about sin. We just want people to, to feel good about themselves. We, 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 we're nothing like the church that is in the book of Acts. We've made it all about convenience. And there is nothing convenient about following Christ. And if it is in your life, if you think it's about convenience, you might want to check your heart. Have you truly given yourself to Christ? And like Paul said, a good way to judge that is, who am I trying to please, people or God? Am I out here compromising my morals because I want to please my friends? I want to please my coworkers? I want to please this this society that, that that's just off the rails or am i trying to please god because if i'm trying to please god then i'm being led by his holy spirit and his holy spirit is going to lead me in his word where i can read about what how is what i can do that is pleasing to god how i can live my life that is pleasing to god because he is the audience of one that really really matters and here's a good question to ask as we end have you truly been changed by the spirit of god and if you answer yes then my question to you is this can people see it can people see jesus working in your life i hope so i pray so and if you are discouraged need encouragement we can pray for you uh, maybe you're away from the Lord for whatever reason. You've backslidden. We want to help you get back in right relationship with God. We would love to pray for you. You can contact us at uh, thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. There's a number at the end uh, if you want to uh, text me at that number. And I will promptly get back with you. Uh, if we could pray for you for anything, please contact us. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. We will pick up next time with the first part of Romans chapter 3. Keep grinding.
Thanks for listening to the Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.